Welcome to the Make It After School Cool podcast, the link between research, practice, and theory for those interested in the activities youth are involved with during non-school hours. The Make It After School Cool podcast is produced by Case for Kids, a division of Harris County Department of Education. And I'm your host, Mike Wilson. According to the Very Well Mind website, an award-winning resource dedicated to providing reliable and up-to-date information on mental health topics, there exists a correlation among individuals' identity, racial group, and their mental health. Knowing this relationship exists can potentially cause problems when we wonder what is the correct group identity the students we work with and their families belong to. This is especially confusing when people are trying to recognize the difference between the terms Hispanic and Latino. What makes this so unclear is these identities seem to be claimed by people who appear to be members of the same group, as well as people whose physical appearance is drastically different. Additionally, many researchers and publishers, including the U.S. Census, really dispute how people identify. In fact, people who identify as Hispanic or Latino are actually diverse when it comes to race and are not used to describe racial categories similar to the terms white, black, or Asian. To help us learn how to use Hispanic, Latino, and Latinx appropriately and understand their differences is my guest, Terry Blast. Terry Blast is the illustrator and writer behind the viral web comics You Say Latino and You Say Latinx. He has written comics for Ariana Grande and the series Steven Universe and Rick and Morty. His original graphic novels are Dead Weight, Murder at Camp Bloom, Hotel Dare, and Lifetime Passes. Terry, thank you so much for being our guest today on the Making at School Cool podcast. How's everything going? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. So I appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to uh, to be our guest today. Absolutely. Um, first, I want to ask, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what motivated you to become a comic artist? Sure. Um, I grew up between Boise, Idaho and a few different places in Mexico. My mom is from Mexico and my dad is from Idaho. And um, I always drew pictures since I was a little kid. I think most kids, you know, do. They love to draw. But I began to really love cartoons and I started drawing endlessly. And I felt like drawing comics, which I sort of got really into around the age of like 11, um, were the best way I had to sort of tell the stories that I wanted to tell. You know, it's very hard to make like an animated film if you, like on your own. But comics seemed for me to hold a lot of power because if you have paper and a pencil, you know, and a stapler, <laughs> you can make comics. So that really inspired me to make comics was the sort of, I think, DIY nature of it. And then also just, you know, stories about powerful people. I loved superhero comics as a kid. I still do. But I think that it's, it's a common, you know, thought between a lot of people that comics are a genre when they're really like a medium. So just like movies, you know, there are adventure comics, there are drama comics, there are horror and comedy. So um, I like the versatility that comics provides you. Uh, today we're talking a little bit, or actually a lot about um, group identity and, and which groups, you know, different people belong to. At what age did you start thinking about your own group identity? I. Well, from a young age, I did start thinking about it because I, w at the time, I guess in the 90s, <laughs> I don't think there were many other Mexican or Latino people in Boise, Idaho. I mean, there are plenty now. Um, <clears throat> but at the time, I was very 
made aware that I was bicultural, um, biracial, um, and that I also, you know, that I was Mexican American essentially. And also from a young age, I knew that I was gay. So that those were two identity points that I started to think about. I was raised in a religious community. So that part of my identity, I hid for a very long time, um, or at least didn't talk about. I did start to think about it quite a bit when I was pretty young. Uh, I would say, you know, around that same age, 11 or 12. But <clears throat> I lived in New York City for a few years. And I was there. Um, I sort of began to adopt the idea instead of saying that I was half and half in terms of my like ethnic makeup, that I would I began to say both instead because that felt more powerful to me instead of segmenting myself out into these like uh, percentages or pieces. I could say that I am both of these things. Um, and that to me felt really great. So since then, that's sort of what I like to say. Um, but I started thinking about it a little bit more in depth around that time, which was um, around the time I was about 19. Why do you think it's important for people to develop and understand their own unique group identity? You know, I think identity is something that um, prevalent today in discussion. And nobody wants to be told how to identify, I think, you know, that's a personal thing. And so when it's a personal thing, I think it's important to recognize how we identify within ourselves so that we can be respectful of, of that for ourselves, but also for other people. I think that um, not it's not difficult to be respectful of other people, but it helps if someone can tell you how they identify in a situation where it might make it easier to speak to them or it might make it um, the situation more understanding. So I think that might be a reason that it's important. Um, I think what we, what we might lack today a little bit is good communication amongst people. And I feel like if we are able to be respectful of how other people identify, then that's a great opener to some good communication. I recently came across a comic illustration of yours regarding the differences between the term Latino and Hispanic. I thought it was a great way to explain the appropriate way to use the correct terms without the reader feeling uncomfortable. Do you think the use of comic type art is an effective way to introduce people to sensitive topics? I really do because I feel like it's inevitable if you hand someone a short comic strip, they look at it and begin to read, most of the time, begin to read it right away. If you, and there's a validity to this, but if you write a long you know, pamphlet with just text in it and you hand it to someone, most of the time I feel like they're like, oh, okay, thank you, I'll read this later, <laughs> you know? But by combining it with some images, um, people feel, I think, a little bit more entertained. They're visually more interested. And so I think it's a great way to do educational comics because um, they help simplify down, which is what I tried to do, very difficult topics into like digestible bits that um, hopefully are easier for people to understand. And those comics that I make are somewhat autobiographical as well. So I feel like that makes the story of what these people are experiencing personal. And you know, when, when you see a story of someone else, um, it helps you, I think, relate either to that person or want to know more about what it is they're talking about. That's a good segue to my next question, because I will say, you know, when you do associate a living person with a particular topic, uh, it makes, at least in many cases, it makes people a little bit more uh, sensitive, empathetic, 
and empathetic with, you know, what they're saying and what they're thinking. Um, in your opinion, why is it important for adults who work with diverse populations of students and families to identify people using the correct group term? On a basic level, it's my opinion that I feel like one of the most respectful things we can do as humans is refer to people the way they want to be referred to. You know, um, we, when you see uh, someone with a puppy, you know, or, or a baby, it's not, you know, most people want to say or ask what the, the gender of the puppy is or, you know, um, oh, your, your little baby, your little boy is so cute. And then someone goes, oh, it's a girl. Like there's, and they're like, oh, okay, sorry. Like there's not much sense taken if you ask about, you know, that. But suddenly when people are older, I think that they then begin to doubt and feel a little bit more uncomfortable asking because they think it might dis be disrespectful. Um, I actually think that it's respectful to begin like a, not, a, not necessarily a conversation, but like, if you're in a group setting or if you're addressing a group of people to maybe introduce yourself and just say quickly like what pronouns you use because when you do that what you're doing is letting other people know that it's okay for them to tell you their pronouns and how they identify you know um <clears throat> and so i think that it's important because it's respectful and i think when identity is such uh a hot topic today that because like i said nobody wants to be told how to identify and that's a personal thing um i think that it's just good a good segue for like i said earlier communication between one another um you know i i'm someone who wants to grow and learn and expand for the rest of my life and if i am able to communicate well with people then you also learn from people so to me that's why it's important there is a common thought pattern for many people outside of the Hispanic and Latino group to think that these terms can be used interchangeably. Do you think that way of thinking is correct? I don't, well, <laughs> I would never say that my way of thinking or that a certain way of thinking is correct. Um, especially because since I made a comic about the terms Latino and Hispanic and how we talked about it's a way to sort of um, simplify a bit <clears throat> these topics I think obviously some of the response I got from it was great but a lot of it was also very negative um you know I didn't write a 20 page dissertation on the topic I made a six page comic strip about Latino and Hispanic and I think that there are long histories to those words they are very um well, I don't know how to say it. Let me think. They're very, um, they're topics that are fraught with a lot of information and history. So in my comic, what I essentially say is that I don't use them interchangeably because from what I understand, Latino is a descriptive word towards Latin America. So someone from a country in Latin America or who is descended from someone of the Latin American country can refer to themselves as Latino if they want, or Latina or Latinx. And someone who is Hispanic, that word is a descriptor for Spanish speaking. And so not, not every country in Central or South America speaks Spanish. You know, Brazil is a 
is an example. It's a huge country and they speak Portuguese there. So I know several Brazilians who say, you know, I'm Latino, but please don't call me Hispanic. I don't speak Spanish. And Spain is a country in Europe where they speak Spanish, but it's not a country in Latin America. I know some people in Spain do identify as Latino. And the, like I said, I don't think my way is correct, but it's, a way, I think, to understand topics on a basic level that hopefully would ignite a bit more conversation. When, when the Latinx community is the largest ethnic minority group in the United States, and yet they have the least amount of representation, I think that it's a good time to begin conversations about what those things mean to people. Working and living in Houston, Texas, which is one of the most diverse cities in the country, there is much confusion regarding the appropriate classification of groups of people. Of course, being so close to Mexico uh, and a lot of Spanish-speaking people here, uh, often people are mistakenly categorized as, as Mexican, which is not always true. In fact, in most cases, it's not true. Then when we started hearing terms such as Latino, Latina, Latinx, Hispanic, what advice would you give a person who wants to find out what is the appropriate term a person wants to identify as? That all depends on the person, I think. If I were to if I were to describe myself, I guess, in terms, I would say <clears throat> that I am a biracial, bicultural, <laughs> um, Mexican-American. And what that means is that I am Latino and Hispanic because my uh, I am descendant of someone who comes from a country that speaks Spanish and is in Latin America. So you know, you could go on forever. My pronouns are he, him. You know, I also use the descriptor gay for myself. So I think that, you know, we live in a time where some people really don't label themselves at all. They don't, you know, they feel like they've gone through historically certain things that would make them say, you know, don't, I don't use that label because of whatever. Um, and on the flip side, we have several people, where we have people or several groups in the country, I'm using the LGBTQ community in this instance as saying like, I fought really hard to be able to openly say that I am gay. So I do use that descriptive term. So like I said, it's personal. And I think that I would never tell someone how to identify. Um, if we were in like a discussion in, a, in like a forum where we were chatting with a bunch of people who are Latinx and Hispanic, I would simply say, you know, tell me how you identify and let me learn from you the reason why. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, like our program, some of them we get you know, funding from different groups and they want us to do reports. And within those reports, they want descriptions of the, um, the, the students or the population we serve. And a lot of times some people are hesitant to ask, you know, I'll become or I have become a proponent for asking people. What is it that you want to identify with? Um, because these are some, some um, you know, sensitive times and very political at times. Yeah. Um, you do have groups that are starting to emerge. And I think for older people, that can be confusing because that class, you know, you hear the terms Latin, Latinx, uh, Latino, you know, within their country of Oregon, Mexican, Puerto Rican, you know, yeah. all of that. So, yeah, these are... Uh, at times it could be confusing times, but then at the other time, I think it um, should, you know, empower us to where we can ask people questions. 
And yeah. uh, a lot of people can respond to that question because they put thought to it in regards to the um, groups that they want to identify with. Um, right. Before we close, do you have any final comments? Yeah, I think that what you just mentioned is really important to remember too, because the the Latino, Latina, Latinx community, it, you know, those words, they don't denote race. You know, Latino or Latina and Latinx is an ethnicity. And that's not the same thing. So the intersectionality is important as well. There are um, white, black, native, mixed people in the Latinx community. So there could be somebody who identifies as black and Latino. There could be somebody who identifies as mixed race and Latina. It, you know, that's intersectional. And I think that people, um, I think it's beautiful when people, you know, have this intersectionality because it makes the community that we belong to diverse and interesting. And it gives us the opportunity to learn a lot from one another. And I think, you know, my mom, my mom ran care for like 10 years and I learned really fast that the kid who screams the loudest gets the most attention first. So what I think that means to me is, you know, you're not going to get any answers if you don't build up a tiny bit of courage to ask a simple question. And if you're afraid to ask the question, just remember that you're asking it in the spirit of education and respectfulness. And you're not asking to, you know, for any other reason than to be respectful. I think that would help a lot. Well, Terry, thank you so much for being our guest on the Making Our School Cool podcast. I really appreciate your thoughtfulness and your uh, willingness to discuss such a sensitive topic. Yeah, of course. Thank you very much for having me. As always, I want to thank our listeners for joining us today, where our topic focused on the correlation amongst students' identity, racial group, and their mental health. Please join us for future episodes as we continue to explore issues relevant to the out-of-school time field.